You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Now that's more like it. Everybody shuts up and lets the girl talk. This isn't your guys' fault. It's usually Chris that screws it up. It is. In the last five episodes, somebody has to be going making some dumb fart noise or something before we uh, start actually (laughs) doing the damn show. And Only which, the most sophisticated humor of the movie. You were here <laughs> last week, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, you were here. Yeah, we, we had a repeat with you, uh, Chris Yearback. Well, Chris Jordan. Uh, of course, our fearless leader, Mr. Chris George, is in the corner playing with himself right now. And you can see that on the camera because we're live again on the camera tonight. Is this Facebook Live? Yes. I'm not up on all this technology stuff. It is. So we're Facebook Live. The lovely Michelle's in the corner. Hello. Hello. That means the Zuck's watching. Oh, yeah. The Zuck is watching the night um, <laughs> from whatever hotel he's hiding in right now. Jeez, that's a whole show in and of itself. Holy yeah, crap. it is. We, could, we, could, we, we started talking about that before you guys got here, and we got derailed on something else. But, uh, yeah, definitely interesting things happening on Capitol Hill today. Um but that'll be for some other time when we do our technology show or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll do something sometime down the road, and we'll bitch about Mark Zuckerberg. Yep. Um, but this Zuck is probably watching us. So, Mr. Zuckerberg, hello. Thank you for the camera thing, whatever. <laughs> Zuck bought it for us. Yeah, he, he did. He, he, he paid for, for it. He paid for everything here. This whole studio he paid for. So, thanks, Zuck. This is Real Crime, uh, episode number 80. God damn. Kind of crazy, isn't it? A lot of shows. Oh. A lot of shows. We're getting up there. We're really getting up there. We can yes, get the senior are. special at like IHOP now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally, totally. Um, we have a lot to cover with the master subject of the show tonight. So, Chris, All what's right. happening this week? Well, first thing, like usual, we're going to mention uh, the Flint Institute of Arts. I will be out there next Thursday at 10.30 a.m. for their media day. They're opening a bunch of new exhibits there, so we'll be there for that. And you pick that day when all of us are out of town. Yeah, sadly. Also, make sure to check out projectorscreen.com. Um, at the Movie Sleuth this week, uh, definitely check out Rachel's coverage of C2E2. She wrote up a really good article on that one. And also, uh, we've got a new rating system coming on the website this week. So make sure to look out for that. When I actually get our review done, yeah, <laughs> I'm totally slacking. That'll be interesting to see that. Moving along. Moving along. In news, uh, TJ Miller was arrested for making a bomb threat this week. Thanks, TJ. Uh, yeah, thanks, TJ, you bastard. Also, Daniel Craig says that Bond 25 is officially his next movie. So okay. he is coming back after saying for years that he was not going to come back. They gave him um, a lot of money, a big bag of money. Yeah, something's going on with him, too. He had some weird, like, cosmetic surgery or something. He looks really weird now. Really? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. He looks weird. Well, he's going to have more now with that satchel of money he was giving. Yep, yep. <laughs> also, uh, the Deadwood movie is closer to a green light. Uh, the producers of the film said they're actually going to get the movie made using the California tax credit. So Deadwood is coming to screens pretty soon. And uh, last in news this week, there's really not a lot going on, but Matthew McConaughey's White Boy Rick movie has once again been pushed back. It was initially supposed to be out this spring, then it got pushed to August, and now it's pushed back all the way to September. Uh, I want to sell you some cocaine. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look right over there, that cocaine. <laughs> in new releases this week, we've got the Dwayne Johnson movie Rampage based on the video game. That'd be, I, I want to see that. that I'm seeing be, it tomorrow night. Are you? Yeah. That'd be right. fun. Dwayne Johnson is actually pretty awesome. I'm starting to really love he's that. Fun, he's you know. fun, you know. He's a, he's, he's a damn good... Well, you know, I think anybody that comes from wrestling is going to be a really good actor. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, how many great actors have been spawned? He's just one of many that have come out of wrestling. So, uh, good for him. And, um, yeah, I actually want to see that. Because that was a great game, too. That was a fantastic yes, game. Yes. The original Rampage. The arcades was a lot of fun. And yeah. then uh, Blumhouse has their new release, Truth or Dare, coming out this week. Blake P is seeing that tonight, so ah, okay. So we'll have reviews of those two this weekend, and other than that, nothing. So just, just a dead void out there. Yeah, it's pretty Not much a dead void happening. this week. Uh, suggested viewings. I actually had a chance to see Chappaquiddick last week. Yeah, it's brilliant. It is really, really good. Yeah. So hmm. Jason Clark does a great job playing drunk ass Ted Kennedy. Hmm. Killing chicks, driving them into the water, drowning them. Yeah. Yeah. But it was really good. Really, really good film. So if you get a chance, see Chappaquiddick. Okay. Michelle. Michelle. Uh, mine's going to be Isle of Dogs, the new Wes Anderson stop motion film. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, if you liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, it's like more of the same kind of thing um, set in Japan. And I personally thought it was... Uh, pretty respectful of the culture like i know there's kind of like a brouhaha about it being cultural appropriation but it was i thought it was done pretty well in my personal opinion and uh it's definitely worth checking out in the theater i think it's uh limited release still now might be wide yeah. now wide in like a week or so cool okay sweet chris <laughs> all right well so i my recommendation is going to be uh the arrow screener that i reviewed this week for uh Robert Altman's very seldom seen movie Images. It was this very, it's not one that I recommend to everybody, but just very kind of strange, surreal, dreamy, kind of psycho thriller, like I say in my review, that it sort of feels a lot like a midpoint between Repulsion and Let's Scare Jessica to Death. So, yeah, if cool. that sounds like your cup of tea, I'd recommend sounds it. Sounds like mine. <laughs> and I mean, otherwise, I've pretty much just been watching the movies for our topic yeah. tonight. So, yeah. I am going to go off into the weeds for this one. I, given the subject matter of tonight's show, I spent every minute I had over the weekend watching, preparing for the show, basically. <laughs> However, I would like to suggest a podcast. So recommended listening, suggested listening. Uh, we did a show a couple weeks ago on uh, retro gaming slash classic gaming. Mm -hmm. There's a group of people who do a podcast called The Antic Podcast. And it basically is nothing but a podcast about Atari computers from back in the day, right? Which we spent a lot of time in that show. We talked about classic gaming on Atari games and home gaming and stuff like that. The Antic Podcast is fantastic. I've been listening. I've been just, they have so much out there to listen to. Um, and I've been listening to every single one, but I've been really focusing on, they do what they call them, like interview episodes with old programmers designers i mean all the way down to like game testers like they, they they'll do like a 20 minute interview with somebody who like spent six months just testing games for atari like some college people who had a co-op job cool. so they talk to everybody right and it's 
I find it fucking fascinating. And there's just because they get some of these guys, they get very technical too. If so, if you're a tech head, they get really into the deep coding. They they've talked to people, for example, who actually designed the actual, you know, the the, the boxes themselves, and how they had, you know, for example, they had to design, you know. These old machines, they, they threw a lot of radiation off, <laughs> for example. So they had to find ways to fix those problems. So you got you get to hear a lot of really great stuff, if, at least, especially if you're my age, about your favorite games and favorite consoles when you were a kid and the hard work these guys had to put in to make this stuff happen. You know, I think it's just magic. This was a lot of work on a lot of people, and you get to hear all about that. And it's called the Antic Podcast, um, just the word antic. Uh, which is named after a, com uh, a computer, basically. Uh, check that out. Uh, I've spent a lot of time listening to that, just on my bike rides and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of going off the thing a little bit, but check that out. It's oh, another cool. cool podcast to check out. Mm. Totally free. Totally free. Um, not you know they, they just put it out there because they want to they want to keep that knowledge alive and keep the spirit of uh, the classic gaming, such as Atari gaming, alive, too. And that's their only reason for doing it, which I find absolutely awesome. So check that out, Antic Podcast. Yeah. Cool. Totally fucked you guys up on that one, but hey, that's no problem. <laughs> okay, so tonight. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Um dun, dun, the word's dun, been out there. Well, you do this Monday thing now, Chris. <laughs> so you let the cat out of the bag the night before. Well, we gotta let people know what we're doing. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We don't need to tell them anything. It's, this is a secret <laughs> operation, it's a man. Spoiler free site. Yeah, yeah. There, I yeah. was I was telling everybody all week, so even if he didn't well, yeah, you were talking about that. But yeah, yeah. People are... spoilers, Michelle. Now, from a personal standpoint, well, I think this is awesome that we're going to be. And I know people do like these shows because we've done shows where we've done like directors, for example, like the Paul Thomas Anderson episode we did. Yeah, we just talked about all his movies. You know, the ones he's directed. Um, people kind of like when we kind of dial in here. You know, and it does. These are shows you got to put work into. Yeah. I mean, this is like some of these ones we can come in here and just kind of riff for an hour, hour and a half. It's fun, right? But these are shows you got to put work into. So the decision was made from up on high. That the board of directors said, we need you guys to do a Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective, basically. Like It was Freddy. He ordered it. Freddy, Freddy approved it. <laughs> he said, do it, bitch. Yeah. He said, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> do it. Oh, yeah, do it. Yeah. Do it, bitch. Yeah. yeah there you go. That's how there that's you the go. Voice. Okay. So that's what we're going to do tonight. It's sad though. Cause this isn't on the prime time. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't know how we really want to approach this though. Um, I personally put together a pretty elaborate spreadsheet for this damn thing. Which, I saw that. That yeah. was pretty impressive. Yeah, I put together like this really serious thing that I'm going to be using as my little guide for tonight. But do we want to go chronologically? Yes. I think that makes the most I think, sense. Yeah, totally. I think so too. Yes. Okay. So. Chris, you I want you, you lead off with the, with the original Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Well, right? I mean, you know, my history with this film, it's kind of funny because I had never really been introduced to much horror prior to the original Nightmare on Elm Street. I believe I had only seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 yeah. in like Poltergeist, you know? Hmm. And I remember being a kid, I think in middle school probably, in yeah, yeah. my aunt my Aunt Kathy had seen Nightmare on Elm Street and had been telling us about it. And my mom was like, no, 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 no. You're not watching that movie. You're not watching that movie. <laughs> and it was out on video yeah. at this point because it, it came out to VHS pretty damn quick. Yeah. You know, it kind of got that cult following really fast and made its way to VHS. Yeah. And I remember my dad 
taking me to the video store that was right by us, Video House East, and having to be in a wait list to get them to check the movie out to oh, rent man. it. You know, it was that hot. Yeah, and I and because I got one copy. You know, yeah, in yeah. waiting like four weeks to finally get this movie, and I remember watching it, and my mom just mad, like, "Oh, I cannot believe you're letting him watch this," <laughs> you know. But oh, it was freaky. That's awesome. The well, first Nightmare on Elm Street is it's a freaky film, and it's it a, it's an adult film too. I mean, yes, some, it's dark. One, one of the most outlandish, loud, insane sex scenes you'll ever hear in a movie is in Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> it's completely insane. I've never heard two people get it on like that in my life before because it really doesn't happen that You've way. never been in my bedroom. No. <laughs> yeah. It'd be after the show. Yeah. Um, but it was very much an adult film. It was. Now, my take on this, I mean, and I mean, I kind of even like rated all these films on my elaborate spreadsheet. And this personally for me, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say. This was my favorite. I mean, this is. Oh, yeah. You know, and I hate to be like, well, yeah, the old stuff was the best. But this really was, I think, you know, um, this was the this was the vision of what Freddy was supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Wes Craven directed this. And I think this is what the I, this dark figure, nothing good about this this character, Freddy Krueger. Um and that's that's as simple as it is. The character was dark looking. Um, you know, and one thing I want to point out, and I'm gonna shut the fuck up here, I promise. But one thing I want to point out <laughs> that I noticed watching this entire you know, this franchise over the last few days is that the way Freddy Krueger looked in this film, to me, which probably makes it my favorite, is that he this was the grossest he ever looked. Mm. He was oily grotesque like all his abrasions were fresh right interesting um that's what i noticed with with the way freddy krueger well and looked. if you notice too well through the chronological order of the movies his burns and scars look less and less and less that's my point yeah you by know, the time you get to freddy's dead he just looks like a walking prosthetic like now, there's no well, yeah. real detail now, to his now, face facial features yeah anymore. and maybe that was the idea, like over time, we start to dry out. I don't know. <laughs> well, also, they I'm, have different people doing his makeup too. Exactly. In every movie, and they have their own style. And I yeah. think, and I think also, as the movie progressed, Robert England himself became more famous. And if you notice, his features are more prominent in the later films because, like, he really is Freddy. Like, that's yeah. like he embodies Freddy. Which yeah. is, you know, as a, as an aside, is why one of the reasons I don't like the remake is because they make. I, I know people are like, oh, it's more realistic. His features are all burnt off, but it's just like there's no character to him. No. But yeah. I think that I think us like I like I said, it's just different makeup artists too, just doing his makeup different. But he looked absolutely grotesque. Yeah, the in first the one he looks is they hardly show his face. Well, that's the thing too is that too. you got that darkness about yeah. the character. You know, yeah. you don't you don't show him full on. Yeah, and that's that's why actually his makeup is different in the rest of them because I was I was rewatching some of uh, Never Sleep Again. Yeah for yeah. this and they so didn't think that the first one was going to launch a franchise that they did not take behind the scenes pictures of how that makeup was done okay and then when they brought in the new makeup designer for the sequel he basically had the first film on vhs to watch and that was what he was working from oh wow and because it's such a darkly lit movie and like you know he had like some people's behind the scenes shots but 
there wasn't the sort of like detailed records that they then took from right. then on. So he was basically just kind of like winging it. He was like, well, what the hell did you guys do here? I can't see how you designed that. Yeah. For exactly that reason. <clears throat> now, also, like one of my things, and I want to hear what you like your observations too, because I was kind of digging deep into this film. Yeah. Um, and I literally wrote this little blurb here that I want to just note down. Um, the whole mood of this movie is very dreamlike, which I know ties into, you know, the whole idea, yeah. right? Uh, which I I don't know if that was a direct intention given the obvious nature of the film or matter of the film, uh, especially in the case of the delivery, de- <laughs> delivery of Ronnie Blakely, who was the mother. Oh, right? yeah. Um, she has a weird performance yeah, in the movie. Yeah, uh, playing sure. the mother of Heather Linekamp's you know, uh, character, Nancy Thompson. Or was it that she was just it was she was just a really shitty actress? <laughs> I don't know. Um, because well, her also delivery she's was, a drunk. She's an alcoholic. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, you know, there, in the movie. But it made it very, to me, the whole mood. Like, and it's, I, for, I mean, that character, uh, Ronnie Blakely's character, um, she seemed to be kind of the focal point for me, too. It was as much her story. I, you know, as Nancy's, I thought. Um, hmm. Yeah, I suppose but so. But the, the movie kind of had, to me, the way that the original Nightmare on Elm Street moved along, it kind of moved along. And I know it's a surreal film. I know it's a fantasy film. Yeah. But it really, it was that damn good, though, is that it felt like, wow, there's like, this is like really weird. Like, what the hell's happening here? Well, yeah, you know? I think the first movie blurs that line between, like, there's a lot of times in that movie when you aren't sure if the characters are asleep or not, yeah. and it does really have that yeah. surreal film, that feeling to it. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first one is, I mean, yeah, like, I don't think, you know, like you said, I don't think that it's at all saying, like, oh, the original was better to point out that the original is just, like, way better for a lot of reasons. You know, like, it's not just because the sequels were less good, but it's because the first one was, like, a standalone movie. That yeah. The whole point of it was, like, it's a real, like, serious movie and yeah. just comparing it to the other movies that came out in the genre yeah. around that time it is a way unusually well done like really well made mm-hmm. movie and like yeah. it does have a lot of artistry to it and it's a much smarter horror movie than most of the ones that were getting put out there because oh, yeah. Yeah. Lo- yeah i mean like we we all love 80s horror but that decade in that genre had a lot of like very cynical like let's just like crank out a movie Mm -hmm. that horror fans will eat up and like you know a lot of the times we still do but we know they're not like that good yeah but this is like a rare like really smart really artistically made yeah it was like it is like i think it kind of transcends just the genre and it's a genuinely really good film by any by any standards and the funny thing too like i was reading on it and like wes craven was kind of like i want to do like a slasher, a killer, but not another voiceless masked character. Mm-hmm. And that kind of is what created well, Freddy. There's definitely you know? a personality there. We all know that. I mean, Freddy Krueger is a huge personality that oh, yeah. grows throughout the franchise into its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, which is, you know, it's funny because going into this, I'll be totally honest. Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger 
I've always been kind of like, I've, I mean, I've seen them all and it was fun going back. Like we, Michelle, you said that before the show, it was a lot of fun revisiting these movies. And I did have a lot of fun revisiting the movies, but at the same time, I, I guess I, the only way I can really say it is I've never been a huge fan of this franchise. Not that I don't like it, not that I'm shitting on it. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just be honest about it. Um, it never was one that I was like, oh my God, it wasn't like Hellraiser for me. Like Hellraiser, yeah. I could just, I could, I mean, I watch all those movies and, you know, shit on anything past one. Because <laughs> most people, yeah. two, two is amazing too. Two is so anything, fantastic. Anything yeah. past two, people want to shit all fantastic. over. And I and I can fight for any of those movies um, after two. I, I love them. I think they're fantastic. Or Alien, another obvious one yeah. too. I mean, those ones, I'm like, I can watch those like, oh, we're going to do an Alien movie <laughs> and I'll be like just yeah. watching. You know, fun to watch. A lot of fun to go through this stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm going, you know, I'm, I, I realized that while seeing all this stuff several times growing up, I was never like, you know, complete. Even the original one, I was never like, "Oh my God, it's the most." But it was fantastic. Yeah, that's that weird line I'm walking on right now. I'm not trying to be confrontational or anything like that, but it just was that weird line I walked on where I really liked the movies, but at the same time, like, I don't. I'm not totally like just like falling freaking out over them. You know what I mean? Oh, that's my all-time favorite franchise horror franchise. Really? Yeah. Oh Nightmare yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we're gonna have to thumb wrestle after the show. <laughs> well, for the title. Uh, I grew up, uh, my dad was a really huge horror fan. Yeah. And um, I've been watching horror movies since I could, like, remember, since, like, six or seven years old. Yeah. And, my, and like, my I had no restrictions on anything I watched. My dad would just sit me next to him and watch horror movies. And I was never scared, and I'm not scared of horror to this day, because he sat me down and was just like, it's fake. Or he would show me pictures and say, here's Freddy with his no makeup on. It's all people yeah, doing England. the special effects. Right, right. Yeah. And once he told me that, I was like, oh, well, why should I be scared? It's like not scary. It's people making it. So we wa- we watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. He took me to every single one when they came yeah, out in the theater. Nice. That's awesome. And like my entire love of horror is from my dad and growing yeah. up watching horror movies with him. So this like franchise has a special place in my heart because this is like the one that we really bonded over. Like it was our favorite. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. So yeah you got a real deep root into this. But I always cool. like, I, I, I like Nightmare on Elm Street as a franchise in general because I feel like it's really creative and fun and the concept of it allowed a lot of like prominent people in the horror and special effects industry to really stretch out and do fun stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. of the dream and surreal nature of it, they could just kind of just do whatever they wanted with it. So, yeah, well, it definitely opened up a lot of space Yeah. yeah. to create and there's one thing, whatever I just said a few minutes ago, this franchise is one of the most colorful yeah. horror oh, yeah. franchises you'll, I mean, and I don't mean colorful, just, I say that a lot, like not color as in color itself, just the mood of it. There's just a lot of fucking stuff to bite down on. There's, yeah. there's all kinds of, you know, whether you, you know, is, is campy and goofy as some of it got, it was like, well, that's because you can't help it go because <laughs> you're taking a character and, you know, as we go along here, you'll see this. You're, you're taking a character, the direction they went with Freddy Krueger. You're taking this character and juxtapositioning him with all this hilarious kind of weird stuff. You know what I mean? That you'd never, like we said before, like he did a video with the fat boys. Yeah. yeah. Like what the fuck? Who thought that shit up, man? Like what coke and party? What, yeah. Well, Doc. Yeah. yeah. And that was the shit. All right. That's, that, that's awesome. But I mean, even the fat boys is awesome because it's like, again, what coke party were these guys having going, okay, check this out. All right. I think Freddy and the Fat Boys. I Freddy think and the fat younger boys. people uh, might not realize how ingrained Freddy Krueger was into pop culture. Holy crap. Oh, yeah. Like, a, he yeah. had video games. 
they, they don't really do this as much anymore in the 80s you know they would make horror movie video games like based off of them yeah. like r-rated movies and then they'd make nes games that kids would play and cartoon shows and stuff like that they don't really do that anymore i've noticed but um you know, Freddy was so fucking popular yeah. in the oh, 80s. Yeah. Like, his popularity was so insane. He was everywhere. It was huge. He was, like, on talk shows and commercials. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably the most, like, mainstream horror icon, I would say. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, he, he, he had, and, the, and I think they kind of grasped onto that aspect. And that's <laughs> why the later movies got a little goofier because it was more appealing. Like, he was almost, even though these movies were R, they were almost like kids' movies like horror movies but with like a a, a sensibility that would appeal to kids well because they added so many fantastical elements into it like the alice alice in wonderland things Mm -hmm. the uh uh wizard of oz Mm -hmm. scene you know like they really did kind of lend a lot of fantasy into the films it's, it's very much like i always kind of in my mind tie the Elm Street series and Tales from the Crypt together. Yeah. Both kind of like in their tone where they're both yeah. like horror but really Almost like comic funny. Book-esque. Yeah, like they're both yeah, they're very very like the EC comics, yeah. like that art style. Well, yeah, you know, and I noticed that too like you know, very Tales from the Crypt, very creep show. Like very much the same mm-hmm. yeah, feel. Yeah, well, I mean, well, Creepshow was, you know, also very comic, those EC very, comics. Again, very, yeah. Yeah, like very those, like a comics, very yeah. specific. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, like, I think that's why. And that, that really does set this apart, because I, I think I'm, I'm with Michelle on this probably being the best of the big horror franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'd, certainly I'd take this over the Halloween or Friday the 13th franchises on on the whole. And, I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably take this over Hellraiser also. Oh, fucking um, Blasphemy. Bite your tongue. So, I would, though. Too. I would say, also, I mean, just all these franchises have their ups and downs. I think, like, even if the Elm Street franchise only has, like, three really good movies, that's more than most of these yeah. have. Oh, yeah. Some of them don't have one, and they made, like, eight. And, you know, even, even <laughs> yeah. like, you know, speaking of Hellraiser, even they took the Hellraiser and Pinhead and the Cenobites yeah. in those directions also, especially in 3 when they started making all these hilarious, goofy Yo, that, that's Cenobites, why, yeah, like, you know. 3 is fun, Hellraiser yeah. 3, yeah. but it is very much trying to be a Nightmare on Elm Street. It's very, movie. I'll agree yeah, like, they give the yeah. Cenobites Freddy lines, like, they turn yeah. Pinhead into Freddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, that one is just this weird case of, like, as a Hellraiser movie, it's yeah. kind of not good. No. But as like a you know knockoff Nightmare on Elm Street movie, it's, it's fun. It's fun, it's fun but to it's, watch. It's not yeah. as fun as as these. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there was Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, um, yeah. and then we go to Freddy's Revenge, <laughs> nineteen eighty five, the homoerotic horror yep. cinema film. You know what's oh funny yeah. is I when I saw that as a kid, I picked up on zero percent of that. You know, and then I rewatched it as like a, like in my early twenties. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is like super gay. Like the gay subtext is super in it's the front of this movie." Super well, I I read this review of it that said <laughs> that it's not subtext; it's more like dom text. And <laughs> I thought that, that was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that I pulled out um, from this movie, watching you just it said again, pulled out <laughs> in context of well, the homoerotic. The social context was interesting because. You know, and a lot of the films had this same feel, though, too. Because, you know, you always had, you know, especially with the 80s films, you had the popular kids and then the misfit kids. And, you know, they had all that weird stuff. Yeah. It, I found it really cool, especially in two. 
like the group, the central group that was all getting because they're you know you, it, they're pretty uniform with that. You get central character and then a bunch of meat around that character that Freddy just rips apart, right? Right. Um, the the central group, especially in, in Freddy's Revenge, um, they're from all different walks of life. If you look, like you have the jock, you have the comic book writer. I think there was a comic book writer in that. Um, you you had. Am I am I wrong? That I, am I mixing up movies? Yeah, you're, that was later okay. on. Yeah, into you're series. thinking of something else. Oh my but God. yeah, there's like yeah the jock. No, well, there's really only the there's the main character kid, the jock best friend, girlfriend. the girlfriend, and the like party girl. Yeah. Uh, and that's really two but has they were, really they were undefined all, characters. There, what's the <laughs> name uh, of the guy in the movie? Jesse. 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 Yeah. So yeah. so just the but the kind of the issue with Jesse in the film is that oh he's a loner for one. On drugs. Um, we'll get to they that. move to a new town. They mm-hmm. move like to yeah, where yeah, Springfield, yeah, I think, yeah, is yeah. where Elm Street is. Yeah. So he's isolated. They move into the old house, I guess, that Nancy used to live in because yeah. they're like they find her diary and yeah, you know yeah. he does his little move in booty dance that he does when and he finds the diary. But like he's very isolated <laughs> and. And the thing about with Freddie is yeah. Freddie goes for the weak person because he, he, he can exploit you through your weakness because, you know, when you're in your dreams, you're vulnerable and your dreams usually, you know, dredge up stuff that you normally yeah. don't want to think about. Yeah. They come to you in your dreams. So it's like perfect for but like chi- Freddie. The chick was a rich girl. Yes. The other dude was like the jock dude. Yeah, kind yeah. Of. you would expect to make fun of the main character. And, and, like these and, and there was, there was, well, that's what I found funny is there was that tension in the very beginning. Like yeah. they get into a fight. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. have to do push-ups. Yeah, and they start talking yeah. to each other. But then they're, they're then buddies. They're, bo- they're buddies. You know, yeah. and they, even through the movie, you see them like kind of, you know, button heads here and there. But they were cool with each other. They were yeah. buddies, right? Yeah. There was these very different characters. I thought, and then, again, that goes through the rest of the movies too. They they have that same thing. We'll see that. Um, but yeah, they there wasn't like yeah, like as I said, his girlfriend was like a total rich chick. Like she was like totally loaded. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But somehow she rode the bus. <laughs> <laughs> to school, which I found kind of funny. Yeah, like well, all these I, weird things you would you wouldn't expect to happen, they kind of happen. Yeah, that, but I always want to say that bus scene in the beginning of the film is fantastic. Okay, it's one of my favorite all right. pieces. That that visual is super super cool, and it's the yeah. only cool visual. And well, no, that that's not true. There's other cool stuff. In well, that that's movie. what I. That's but actually that's, that's actually what I. I, yeah, I saw it on your. I noted that down. Like the beginning and the end of the movie were probably my favorite parts because, much like oh my god. Uh, Never mind. I'm not going to even try to try to equate it with anything. I can't remember I'm, my memory shot. But <laughs> the beginning, the end was the best part with the bus just blowing through the, just that rocking bus yeah. going mm-hmm. through the desert and the, and the whole thing kind of dimming down. And then all you hear is Freddie laughing. Yeah. yeah. That really was fucking terrifying because it's like, oh, my God, they're going to oblivion, man. You know, the beginning was very surreal looking like they had them on like that the bus was sitting on a pillar of rock. Yeah, that cool. visual is it super cool. It still looks good, too. Yeah. No, it looks it looks really cool. But that was probably the creepiest element I thought of the film was just that bus bouncing off into the desert like going, oh, God, there's so My fun. main issue with part two and how Freddy is depicted is, first off, like, they kind of just said whatever happened the first movie, like, the entire series isn't, like, super good with continuity anyway. But it, it's as, like the X-Men yeah, of horror movies. As far as yeah. like, you know, establishing <laughs> rules for how Freddy's powers works and stuff, it's kind of different in every movie. So in the second one, I assumed he was trying to take over Jesse's body because he could come to, into the real world through a physical form, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I just assumed he was going to like just possess him and make yeah. him kill but people. But then he, Not like, that comes he was going to like, him. yeah, that... Which doesn't make sense, kind of. Yeah, but then... And then they... Uh, I feel like they take away some of his fear 
his, his some of his like scary atmosphere by like the at the pool party thing he just looks like a guy like he's not yeah. really scary looking he doesn't have the, yeah. the control of the atmosphere of dreams like in dreams he can make himself look scary but in real life he's just like a guy in a sweater and there's yeah. like that kid kind of trying to talk to him the kid's like three feet taller than him yeah and the and kid's like dude just calm down yeah. it's gonna be okay yeah and like that's, that's, we'll do whatever yeah, yeah, you want. Out, that's where man. that movie kind of flies off the yeah. rails because rewatching it like rewatching this i was struck by like okay the first one as we said honestly really well made film unusually well made for this for that time. era in horror the second one People say it's real terrible. It's not nearly as bad as people say. No, like, it isn't. Yeah, like for an 80s teen horror movie, it's pretty average. Like it's a lot better than like, I don't know, like Night of, like Night of the Demons or something. Yeah. yeah. But it just, it looks so much worse because it follows up this really great movie. But then, so like I was watching it again, like, man, this is a lot better than I remember it. And then that happens and then the end of the movie just doesn't make any fucking sense like yeah. where did these dogs with babies heads come from which was that, but that was cool sense. looking though. and like then everything cool just looking. like spontaneously lights on fire at the end like it's not even like a like deus ex machina it's just like it just happens well for no is- reason the issue that i have with it is kind of what michelle was saying yeah. is the first movie everything freddie does takes place in the dream world yeah in the second world all of a sudden he can become a physical self in our realm yeah i'm like wait a second you just like threw everything out the window and then the crazy looking dogs with the evil faces yeah they are in they're in the real world in the real and they world. shouldn't like, be how well, what i thought, what i thought it was though was simple here's the thing that i as i watched this series and i don't know if it, what it, this is what my the direction my dumb brain goes in is I was trying to picture like Freddy not in the movies. Like what's Freddy doing when he's not in one of these movies, right? Like not acting out these the mm-hmm. these stories. And the thing that I, the conclusion I came to was okay, Freddy is constantly trying to find a way to get into this world to do his bidding. Well, yeah, right. but like in the first one, he's not. That just comes out of nowhere in the second one. In the first yeah. one, he's trying to kill the kids of the people who killed him. Well, yeah, but he the, has an extremely but, but specific follows, mission statement. Yeah, but that narrative follows <laughs> through everything from two all the way down. Like he's always trying to find a way to get into, you know, get to people, get into the world, right? Yeah. Um. So the way I picture that was like, okay, Freddy's just basically chilling, trying to, not chilling. He's trying to find a crack in the armor somewhere to get through. Well, that's fine and well, but like they should have explained that and like actually had that be a thing. Well, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm even right. No, that that totally could have been. That would have been a better plot to have in two. But like, I don't like two. The rules that it seems to lay out seem to dictate that okay, like yeah, that Jesse's possessed by Freddy. He's killing people, but when anybody else looks at him, he should just look like Jesse. Yes, that everybody else looks at him and sees Freddy doesn't make any sense. And then, like, the whole thing with the pool party, it's like he kind of, like, he so doesn't come Jesse out of... So where was Jesse during that part? Yeah, where is... Je- yeah, because, like, he Freddy jumps through the window and then just disappears. Like, wait, no, that Why? should be Jesse. <laughs> like, that movie breaks its own like, internal like they logic. Even, they even, like, have scenes where, like, you know, he's coming... Like, he's turning into he Jesse. He turns in the... Yeah. But then, like, what? And then Jesse just comes back? Yeah. Like, where is he? Well, okay, so... I was reading more about the production of part two. Love it. And it, (laughs) so this kind of made a lot of, the production of part two is way messier than uh, Never Sleep Again makes it out to be. Mm -hmm. Like Never Sleep Again almost kind of like sugarcoats what a, because like, okay, 
That movie was cranked out and put into theaters less than a year after the original came out in theaters. Yeah, because one came yeah. out every year. Yeah, it. But like number two, it, like it, it came, it beat the first film into theaters by like a week before the year mark, and that's fucking insane. That's insane. To considering a whole that movie. they didn't know they were going to make a sequel until the first one was a surprise hit. Well, Wes Craven um, even said he he read the script because they came to him and he's like, "It sucks. I don't want to do yeah. it." And so, like, and all, like, I read all this stuff about how, like, all these people kept saying, like, this is a bad idea, but the reason why they did it so fast was because New Line was just starting out. They had no money. Yeah. They needed another big hit or they were going to fold. Right. So they just, like, pushed this movie through. And, yeah, Wes Craven said, we're not going to do it, or I'm not going to do it. It's a terrible idea. The production designer from the first one quit partway through. Because she said, like, okay, you're not giving us the money or the resources or the time to do this right. Um, Robert Shea, the producer of the series, the head of New Line, I think. Yeah. He even said, like, yeah, we rushed it through so fast we didn't have time to stop and think about whether it was a good idea. And, like, Robert Englund kept, like, saying to people, like, at the pool party scene, like, this doesn't make any sense. We're breaking all the rules of yeah. this. And, I mean, that's also, I think, how they managed to according to Never Sleep Again, have nobody but the writer and the lead actor and the set designer notice how super homoerotic the movie was. <laughs> but, like, no one knows. Well, because that's... See, let, let's clear something up here. Yeah. None of us have a problem with the homoeroticism. Oh, no. God, no. I would say that... That is, no the, that is the best thing about Elm Street yeah. 2 is that it is a hilarious piece of unintentional gay camp. Yes. That is where that movie is at its best. And the lead actor was gay yeah, in real well, life. So, yeah, so now um, you can read that whole movie kind of going off of Michelle, what you were saying before about how, like, Freddy picks on people whose insecurities he can exploit. Mm -hmm. You can read that whole movie as being about how Jesse is gay but can't admit it to himself yes and freddie is preying on his repressed homosexuality and there's like like the scene where he's like about to have sex with his girlfriend yeah and he just, just freaks out mind. and has like a you know freddie possession fit and it's like i have to leave and he goes to his best friend's bedroom yeah he's and laying around looking hot and shit with no shirt on yeah like yeah. that just like the way that Ron. like it absolutely plays out as Ron Grady and as an mm -hmm. allegory yeah the who is also who played the exact same character in Vamp that vampire movie with Grace Jones yeah. mm -hmm. um but yeah it like it totally play, like the themes of it are all it's amazing that nobody noticed it and yeah. the the actor who played him Mark Patton said that he sort of like channeled his own anxieties about being outed into the character but then so Mark Patton has produced this documentary that's coming out this year about the production of Elm Street 2. Which that cover is the shit. I agree yeah, the with cover, you, Michelle. And the it cover has awesome. the fantastic title of Scream Queen. Yeah. Which is an awesome title. Uh, but so, like, and I guess the, the gist of the film, like, having watched the trailer and read about it, is that, like, it's sort of about his complicated relationship with the movie because, like, that movie basically, like, ruined his life and his career for a while. Because, like, that was... As he said, like, it, it came out at a time when, like, the AIDS crisis was in full swing. Hollywood and horror movies in particular were, like, really homophobic. And that movie outed him as gay, and then he just couldn't get work. Because casting directors kept telling him, like, no, no one's going to believe you're straight. 
because everyone knows you're gay because of Elm Street 2. Yeah. And he basically got blackballed because of that movie. And then only, like, later on, like, over time, did he sort of start to kind of begrudgingly realize, like, okay, this actually has this whole, yeah. like, cult following specifically yeah. because it's, like, this gay camp cult classic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look up people writing about the movie, like, it's... Like, like they love that yeah. aspect of it. Like it's 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 so incredible that they hit it in plain sight, basically. Yeah, and that fucking nobody noticed, which I think kind of just speaks to yeah. what a like to Mark Patton's point is what a like super heteronormative environment mm-hmm. Hollywood was then. Well, what for- <laughs> we need to move on to Dream Warriors. I yeah, think. yeah. Well, for the the last thing I want to point out about too is that the, the darkness is still there with Freddy. He is kind of coming yeah. out into the open, like like you guys pointed out the pool scene, which yeah. it was bizarre. Like, hey, dude, just chill out, man. It's okay, man. The yeah. guy's got a freaking blades on his. Although hand, I yeah. would I would like to say like people talk like the comedy only came in in three. Right from the first one though, Freddy was always a really like a very darkly comic character. No, he was. He but he was, always, like, you know, like, hey, check this out, and he cuts his fingers off, yeah. and they grow yeah. back. Oh, yeah, there were yeah. all these, like, gags in the first one, even. The, but like, but it was, the it but, yeah, became it very much pro- and, like, yeah. pronounced in Dream Warriors. Yes. Yes, Number that's three. where he gets go- that's, like, the beginning of, like, the Freddy persona that most people yeah. are yeah. familiar with. Yeah. And but most it's... people our age, that's the movie that they know is Dream Warriors. Like oh, if yeah. you ask any like thirty two year old person what's your favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, they almost nine times out of ten will say Dream Warriors. Oh yeah. Because totally. that's the one we all grew up watching probably the most. And it well, was like the my most wife popular. even I asked her the other day. She's like, Oh, I only saw one of them. Which one? Dream Warriors. Yeah. It's the most famous one. It was it's the, the most best famous one. one. I think it's I like it better than the first what one. What did I put in really? the yeah. oh, yeah. that, that, that's, that's it's, a bold it goes Dream Warriors. Number two for me. And number two is the first one i i like dream warriors a lot i do not think it is nearly the honestly really great film the first one is it's far and away the best sequel and i mean it's better than like most 80s movies on their own but i I one of the writers was frank darabont yeah which is probably why it's good well and wes craven yeah but yeah he came back and kind of saved that series from itself yeah wes craven (laughs) bruce wagner chuck russell and frank darabont four guys uh were Story, story by story by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner. Um, mm. One thing I do want to say about Dream Warriors is two words: Kruger, pussy. My favorite <laughs> fucking thing in my whole life, dude. We, we, me and my friend, me and my friend, we we ended up watching. This was funny. We're doing this because just last October. We were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, and we just did the same thing we did for this show. We ended up. I think we actually got to like four. And we gave up. Yeah, four is about as far as most people but get before we, they But I up. forgot that line in part three, you know, Kruger, pussy! And that, me and this friend, he lives in Florida, and he was up visiting when we saw it. And every email, right to like today, we go back and forth all the time. <laughs> we always end the, okay, this poor guy left, when he was visiting me in October, he left a pair of his underwear at my house. Not a comment from you ever, Chris. I don't want to hear about it. He just left some underwear. So we washed them, and I put them in. I, I'm like, well, I'm going to mail them back to him. It'll be funny. So I put them in an envelope, and I printed out a picture of, of, of Freddy Krueger and wrote, you know, Krueger, and put it in the envelope and mailed him the em- underwear back. It's That thing's so ingrained in our heads now. Just that stupid two words from the movie. And, I, I mean, that had to have been improv Yeah. <laughs> I, that movie uh, so started wild. a lot of like 
franchise things that people are familiar with, like a yeah. being able to pull people in an, into dreams. Like yeah. if you were dreaming, you could pull somebody else into your dream if they fall yeah. asleep. Uh, pulling, uh, uh, doing stuff to Freddy's bones outside of the dream world to affect them in the dream world. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, with the same and the same car from the first one. Yeah, remember that. That and was having, a tie -in. and having powers oh, yeah. in your dreams, like just everything about it is like set up in this really interesting way it flows well like they go in it has like some of the coolest kills like the marionette one. Oh yeah that, that looks amazing still by the way the effects in that movie still look really no, it yeah. looked really it looked yeah. fantastic and and all the characters there you really had some like i said the whole meat element but every all the characters in that movie they all you kind of had a stake with all of them i mean i remember seeing that yeah. when i was younger i was like i was rooting for everybody in that movie like to you felt bad guy. when they died like yeah. usually in in movies everybody's expendable but in everyone they fleshed out every single character in it so you yeah. felt bad when they died yeah, yeah and you honestly you had no idea what order they were going to die in yeah. no one was the obviously expendable person who was going to die first like the one who dies first is one of the ones they put the most effort into developing before that i mean basically they set up a D and D party and Freddy because like they all have their own yeah. powers. They picked classes basically. Exactly. One guy's a wizard. You know the the punk chick. I guess she could have been like a rogue. You know you got the you got uh, Kincaid is the um is the shield guy. The, yeah. The the tank. Like yeah. I always when I rewatched it, I was like, oh my god, this is totally a D and D campaign that they made into a Freddy movie. Oh, it totally is, and that's I mean that's sort of I think why. It's a good thing that they brought Wes Craven back on that one, because like after number two being this like really ill-advised detour that broke all the rules of the mm -hmm. mythology of the first one, this one kind of almost just ignores part two altogether. Yeah, and I mean it's almost like well they brought La Heather Lamin. La yeah, yeah, I like it, it almost Landry Camp. Langing it King might King even King. kind of like retcon out like Nancy. I mean f for all we know two doesn't even exist in the world of three it just like yeah. picks up where the first one left off and it builds on the mythology and really like adds to it in meaningful mm -hmm. ways it, and, it course corrects yeah. the series back and they basically all kind of branch off from this one instead of part two yeah it goes like you could basically go one skip two completely three because those one and three are chronological yeah because and heather uh, or nancy talks about how her mom's dead and she meets the guy and then you know and then she's talking about her family like two might as well not even exist honestly yeah no, two it, really was. Take it doesn't two have out. to totally exist yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's why i mean two is the only one in the series that is never mentioned again yeah and i mean that's why and also you know like like how I said, like the second one looks a lot worse in comparison to the first one because mm -hmm. of how well made the first one is. And then like after two just being very utilitarian and how it's made, three again is really well shot. Oh, yeah. Really artistically done. And it has the music back. Yeah. Because yeah. two, the music is totally different. And then like mm -hmm. watching the third one again, the first time that you hear that like really great score, because Nightmare on Elm Street also has one of my favorite horror movie scores mm -hmm. ever. It's one of the best great. themes ever. Yeah. Well, one other thing we have not mentioned, though, in part three is Craig Wasson. Yeah, and he's great. Oh. In like, you know, he was a mainstay during the 80s. Yeah, you well, know? from, from Ghost in, Story, a movie that we in, bring up a yeah. lot. And he was in Body Double. Yeah. You know, he did a lot of great stuff. It's really sad because he just like disappeared off the map. He just stopped making movies. Mm -hmm. But yeah. he was really, really, good, really good in this in movie, three. too. Yeah. He's very convincing in that role. I personally, what I think the greatest thing about dream warriors is is that we all have somebody that we can kind of sympathize with yeah. in that movie i mean none of us are a heroin addict or anything like that but you kind yeah. of connect with well, these different we were teenagers in the movie yeah. as we are as you know, michelle said that you know the, the characters were very well developed throughout the movie 
Um, so you really felt it when they did when they did die when they yeah. were killed. And, um, and let's let's be honest that they know their target audience that like yeah. the the group of misfit nerds like mm-hmm. they know that we're gonna dig that because yeah. it's cool because it forces them all to work <laughs> together you know and it, and it's yeah like yeah. you like the I was totally the nerd kid too. Oh, yeah. I totally emph- you know empathize with oh, him. Oh yeah, I was, I, was like, I grew up the same way. Total misfit. Yeah. You know, it's back just, in the saddle. I had a mullet and a Metallica you. T-shirt. I had no chance in school, man. I had <laughs> no chance growing up. Um, but my favorite uh, scene, uh, the Terran kill scene, which we somebody already mentioned that uh, with the with the oh, arms. God. Oh God, yeah. yeah, that, that is... fucked me up when I was younger. Let's that, get the, high. Yeah, but it was That's just like so you know. Creepy. <laughs> with the little the little suckers <laughs> on her arms, the little tentacles yeah. they they mm-hmm. had just for the track marks. Yeah, yeah. And when he when he lays into her, it's just like, oh, what a rough. I mean that, and, and that's you know the comedy element really was amped up in this movie. This is where we started seeing that. Yeah, but it's still like it's still dark. It's, still, like, it's, it's yeah. not slapsticky. No, that's dark as like, hell. He's, he's not the crypt keeper yet. He's yeah. still like a welcome dark. to prime time, bitch. I mean, you know, yeah. which you know, ramming. I mean, the idea. It's such a crazy looking scene, like that scene. Yeah. But you know, ramming someone's head through a TV screen, and like she just that. hangs there, and that's, yeah. that's fucked. Like to watch. gravity just doesn't exist anymore. I remember yeah. that scene used to creep me out a lot because of the way it played with like she's watching TV. And then they're interviewing Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh, yeah. And then uh, that, that guy movie. goes, uh, he asks her a question. And she, he's like, oh, so what do you think about this? And she's like, well. And he's like, I don't give a fuck what you oh, think. Oh, yeah. And he turns into Freddy. I'm like, that's fucking scary. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the, they, I would say even every one is really good. Like, all the movies have pretty good editing. Like, they do this thing where, like, they, they blink for too long. And then their dream world, you know. And then it's, like, split second mm-hmm. stuff. They do a lot of that in that movie too. Junkyard skeleton. Oh yeah, That's another one. I thought that claymation skeleton. Yeah, yeah that looked pretty cool. Motion. Dude, that was such a throwback to Ray Harryhausen. Oh yeah, yep. I, I love it. I mean, it. totally. So cool. It probably was awesome. definitely an homage to that. I would say. Oh, like, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, they, they talk about that and never see yeah. it again. How that. Although they all talk about how they all think that that looks like shit and that it looks really, amazing. It looks great. It yeah. looks, yeah. It looks, it what? What are you talking? What? How does this look like shit? Yeah, no, that's. Especially the end where he's just like, yeah. just disintegrates, just falls apart. Yeah. And <laughs> I thought that was so cool. That is the one part where I always think, like, wait a second, how does this really work with the internal logic of the series? Because otherwise, three totally plays by the rules of one, mm-hmm. except for that. that's a little, yeah. a little goofy. Yeah. So, the Dream Master. The Dream Master. Hi. Hi. I'm the Dream Master. Yeah. Let me make your dreams come okay, true. Okay, dog pissing fire. Yeah, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? Yeah, why? I mean, it's, did they just like really just not give a fuck at all about how they brought Freddy <laughs> That's like back? the first thing I wrote down. Because I was taking notes when I went, and I just wrote dog pissing fire, LOL. I mean, that's like a way that they bring Jason back. That shouldn't be in a <laughs> Elm Street movie. And then they replace, what, uh, Kirsten. Right? Yeah. And then, and that's funny because in the yeah. beginning she said, like, they put a line in where she's like, Kirsten, you got to stay calm. So, like, they can a- announce to you that that's who the fuck that is because you're like, who's this chick? Yeah. And like, she's Although, like, her, her, well, name's, her name's Kristen, Is it right? Kristen? Kristen. Sorry. But Kristen. you know why, right? <laughs> she got pregnant. Yeah, Rosanna Arquette uh, got yeah. pregnant in between movies and was, like, seven or eight months along. Wow. So they couldn't bring her back. The new Kristen sucks yeah she's terrible no personality no personality totally different than how rosanna arquette played her like study the character at least if you're going to try to play the same character act the same 
She doesn't yeah. act the same at all. No, she no. doesn't. And I no. also don't like Alice. And Alice is in two movies and she sucks and she's boring. Yeah, she was in four and in five. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. so like, let's, you know, she's just so, I just don't care about her. She, she well, that, I, forgot, I don't know the actress's name, but she just, I mean. Did she ever do anything else? She ever? reminds me of Ryan Reynolds. I, you know, and I know I'm going to take shit for this. <laughs> Because I think we've had this conversation here before too. Ryan Reynolds to me has is absolutely as vanilla as it comes. He was like you know like Kyle McLaughlin's like like an actor like Kyle McLaughlin like that man to me you know like as far as like you know he's a very unique looking man. There are some girls watching this right now that are probably going to want to punch you in the throat. That's fine. Sure. I'm okay yeah, with Ryan that. Reynolds is a hot. I, I just don't. Boy. He's just so vanilla that to me, right? Point. And and that I you know that that's that same I would have the same viewpoint with her. She's a very just you know very pretty lady. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, but she's just nothing defining, nothing exotic to me. Like when when I'm watching a movie, like there's an earmark. I want to, you know, it's, oh yeah, the eyes or whatever. You know what I mean? But so that kind of goes on with your point, Michelle. Like she just as far as like you know a main character. It didn't really pop. Well, well, especially because of the way they set her character up in the film that she's like, you know, the, the, the premise being that every time somebody dies, she gains their powers. Like somebody in yeah. one of my threads was like, she's basically Mega Man. Like she yeah. gets their powers and she can use them later or she gets like the quickening. You know, yeah. every time one of them dies. And then so she like has this final <laughs> battle. She turns into ultimate badass oh, chick at oh, the Oh, wait, end. wait, wait, wait. Don just commented, I would have Ryan Reynolds in my chest of souls. Ryan <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reynolds is hot. Yeah. Especially when he's Deadpool. No, I'd turn it down. Oh. I but, wouldn't I wouldn't do it. But like, you know, she has that yeah. Alice has the final battle at Freddy and she just doesn't have any charisma or badassery. Yeah. Even though they give her a cool montage of doing stuff. Yeah. And also that scene where she like all of a sudden can use nunchucks after the karate guy dies well, is the funniest brother. fucking thing. Her brother, yeah. It just looks so silly. She's all like, oh. Now. Uh, yeah. And th they kill the returning characters from yeah, three the like, good ones. right away. See, too. Oh, that sucked. See, I always have a problem with this because when you kill the returning characters, I always feel like I'm watching Alien 3 again. Yeah. Like your yeah. main characters went through this plight to get where they're at and you you're connected to them and then we get to the next movie and we just kill them all. Yeah, it's like it the kind of vanquishes yeah. yeah, it kind of vanquishes everything that happened in the previous movie, I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, I mean it's okay. Yeah, well and Kincaid's death or yeah. is really cool though. Like when he's in the junkyard and they pan out and he's like, Freddy's back, Freddy's yeah. back. Yeah, see, pulling out. Had, it's like an endless junkyard him planet. And had Joey stick around. Like if they killed one of them I might have been okay yeah. with it because then it's like, oh shit, anyone can die in this yeah. movie. We're raising the stakes, but you kill both of them. And yeah, it reminds me of Alien 3. And can we very... also talk about how Joey's so horny that he fell for the same shit twice? Yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah. That's... Dude, come on. You've been through this before, <laughs> yeah, man. Joey, that's... There's no chick it's... in your bed. Joey needs to see tits so bad yeah. that he just keeps falling for it. Freddie just shows him boobs. He's like, okay. He's yeah. like, girl, girl in my waterbed, this totally couldn't be, like, another trap. Yeah, if I rolled over in my waterbed and I, I pull up the sheet and saw a chick under there with boobs, the last thing I would do is be like, oh, dude, I'm, I got to get in there. I will say um, that yeah. part's pretty cool looking. It's though. cool looking. I, but again. But I'm running. If Freddy <laughs> can only affect things in people's dreams, I have serious questions about how Joey got inside the waterbed without just spilling it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
because that's how they find him is just like yeah, floating, just which, like, which was another very like fucked magically, up looking. It's a fucked whoa, up visual. Holy crap, man. Holy crap. Well, well, I they, think, do, they do a lot of this weird thing, too, where like they'll do a shot, which looks cool. I mean, but yeah. like people will go to sleep and they'll fall backwards and fall in the chairs and stuff. It's yeah. a really cool visual. But then sometimes, and then I'm like, is that them? You Like, where are they going? Like, are, are we seeing that? Or is that just like a visual representation of, oh, they're dreaming now? It's like a visual for the audience to be like, oh, this is dream world. I think or, I, I always took it as like, yeah, it's like they're like dream selves, like falling out of their. Yeah, because con- then they'll like, find them their in their chair later. They'll be like, you know, sleep or whatever. Yeah. And they got to wake up. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's, you know, kind of like in, like you know, like when, when somebody like steps up out of their body in a yeah. movie. So the most cringe inducing scene, I think, in this movie, and I don't mean cringes and bad is um uh, is Debbie's kill scene with the bar- when she's lifting weights. Oh, that's oh, my, my favorite yeah. kill that's in hard all to watch. of Nightmare on oh, Elm Street. Yeah. Now Fantastic. Where, now Everything where it goes Ooh, it goes kind of sideways for me, but the initial the with the barbell yeah. that was tough to watch. Yeah. That that's really tough hurt. to watch and then the whole cockroach thing. Yeah, where she is, rips her face off. Yeah, like the effects are well, that looked fucking really fantastic cool. and yeah. it's creepy as hell. But um, I didn't understand. I mean, it kind of I even watching it again, I was still kind of like, yeah. "Why do you turn turn well, her?" Well, I think because well, she's, she's obsessed with her cockroaches. Looks. Yeah, and she's afraid of bugs. Yeah, oh, they, they establish oh, that at the okay. beginning when she's like eating. Oh her, yeah, and the, there's the yeah, roach yeah. in her snacks that like I. Like what? She freaked out about that. She has that. a very unsanitary kitchen. And yeah, she crushed the. She smashed roach. it down. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. okay, it's yeah, dead. Yeah, Calm down. Well, yeah. but I think like that one. What's fun about that and three? Is that yeah? You know, he's not just like killing people in their dreams anymore. He's like actively using what they're afraid of, mm-hmm. and like the effects in both of those are awesome. Because yeah, I mean, like well, Kevin Yeager, who did the effects for three, is really good. But then yeah. Screaming Mad George, yeah. for four, like his effects are fucking nuts. I mean, body horror <laughs> is his specialty because yeah. he did what Society, yeah, and uh, The Giver, yeah, and The Giver. <laughs> so like that part, it's just amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything about that part, like like the. Because you don't realize what's going on at first, too. So you're like, sticky shit. What the hell? And she's turning a roach, and then oh, like God. it pans out, and he's got the roach. Roach like, hotel. Yeah, that was like genius. Yeah, yeah. That and like as much as it's a goofy visual gag, the pizza with all of Freddy's oh, victims. Yeah. That visual is oh really God, that's cool. so hard to and watch. And he stabs it. And yeah, he, yeah, like it's really and like it's kind of like goofy and cartoony, but it's like really gross and really effective. Yeah. And the effects oh, are man. great. Um. My better half walked in, was it last night when I was watching? No, it was two nights ago. It's all and running that, together. And that, and that <laughs> scene, on that scene, and she's never seen that movie. And she's like, oh, he's got a pizza. You know, she likes pizza. And she's like, oh, she's like, oh my God. I mean, she just totally ran out of the ruined room. Ruined pizza like, for her? Yeah, ruined pizza. Uh, nothing ruins yeah. pizza. <laughs> but... uh yeah, that, that scene, you know, and getting that, you know, you saying that really kind of put it into perspective now because I was kind of like, fuck, she get turned into a bug. But I didn't, I didn't think about that opening scene where they 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 show the bug on her breakfast, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that makes it a lot easier for me to deal with now. That's actually, I'm now it's actually fucking cool as hell. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm totally into that. I think as much as I generally don't care for four as a movie, it has maybe my favorite effects of the series. I put it in, I put it number three. As far as, it's like my third, you know, as far as like the ones I like the it, most, it's number it's, three. It's number four for me, but a pretty distant four. Yeah, I was, I, but before I rewatched it, this was the one that I really had to rewatch for this. Because like I was saying to Michelle, I remembered all the effect scenes from it. 
I could not remember a fucking thing about what it was about or who was in it from the previous film because it's just, it's so generic. Outside of the cockroach and the pizza thing and stuff, it's very forgettable. It is, well, I was realizing when I was rewatching it, it is such a Rennie Harlan sequel. Like, it is the the Die Hard 2 of the Elm Street series Mm -hmm. where, like, taken on its own terms, like, it's fun it's well made, like it's decent on its own terms, but then you look at it in comparison to the movie it's a sequel to, it's the exact same thing, but just slightly different and not as inspired because yeah. we've seen it before. Yeah. And like even like I I started watching it uh yesterday night, right after finishing part three, the opening scenes of those two movies are exactly the same. Really? Kristen is in a dream in the house, sees the same girl, the same yeah. red bike. It just like it is just three again, but less good. And like <laughs> No, and I was yeah. thinking that too when I was watching it, like, wow, this is really kind of repetitive. Yeah. And they all become kind of repetitive that way. It all becomes kind of like a repeat of Dream Warriors in a lot of these sequels. Yeah. And I think really probably does. because threes pro- was the most profitable it was, one. It was, it was very popular. Yeah. So they were like, let's just do that again. Yeah, well, they, they found a formula that yeah. worked. And I mean, like, for all the for all the faults of two, at least one, two, and three are all really different. Yeah. It's only after that the series starts start to get kidding. real samey. So then that runs us into The Dream, Dream Child. Child. Oh, this is fucking disaster. I'm not, like, super in, 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 into this one either. It does have a couple of cool scenes. Um, the guy uh, turning into a motorcycle. Th- that yeah. was sweet. Okay. Well, let's that point out was... first that Freddy Krueger as a baby looks like Gollum. Yes. Yeah, just... I, I was like, okay, that looks, looks just like Gollum. My precious. Yeah. <laughs> kind of makes sense. Now, yeah, this yeah. movie, going on what you just said, Michelle, and it's all yours if you want it, Um there was some pretty insane, and this is the comic book scene, man. I mixed it. Yeah, I think you're right on that. These last few days, they're all just kind of just. All they start to blur well, that's together. Why I you can't watch these them. movies that fast. Yeah. yeah, that's why I rewatched them because the, I start mixing stuff up in the latter ones because yeah. they're the kind of samey. The motorcycle scene was badass. Yeah. Totally that, badass. The effects on that are insanely good. Like. And there's also it also uh, intertwines with the time loop part where they keep running outside. That editing on that's like great too. Like when they keep yeah. trying to get into the truck and then she comes. Oh, uh, that, that's that's four. Is that four? I thought that was yeah, because no, that's oh, happening yeah. during the cockroach. That's scene. the cockroach scene. So you yeah. watched yeah, these right. yesterday, and they're I know. still running together. Because <laughs> <that's> <laughs> so much, so much. Like f- like four and five could be like the same movie almost. They're, they're just well, like, yeah, it's it's. It's it, it, the, I mean, as far as the, the franchise, those two films really butt up against each other tight, yeah. right? Oh, so five well, is th- when they established that he's the that well, this he's is the, the son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah, hundred. Yeah. That, that's three. Is that three? no? No, that, that's definitely three. It's definitely three. But yes, five, they, they talk that. like five is but like in the five, whole thing they about discuss it. it. They, they, yeah. they flesh it out. Yeah. Like yes. they show it. They show like, like a whole thing. It's it's yeah. It's and his uh, mom. Like, Amanda Kruger is that? We Amanda, we Amanda know, Kruger, yep. but like we yeah. know the story, and it was real creepy when the ghost nun told it in three. Like, yeah. why yeah. did they have to go back and show it? Because they were running out of ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that was tough. That was tough to watch that part because they, you know, they, they this innocent little nun, and as soon as those doors lock, like, hey, wait, 
And then they all just kind of turn on her, and you're like, oh, nuns are not so sucks. innocent. That was just such. A I've p- seen plenty of porn. <laughs> That's just a poorly run as- asylum. Sorry, but like they just throw all those crazy dudes in a room. Oh, um, Robert England's one of them. Yeah, I noticed that yeah. too. He was just they like threw him in there. Um. Yeah, that's the the series definitely hits a low, and they're like, "Well, we're out of ideas. Better just like throw in a gratuitous rape scene." Yeah, like that is that is the the rock bottom moment. Of I the noticed. Series. I know. I noted also Lisa Wilcox, who is the you know, who does play Alice Johnson. We discussed her already. Yeah, she was terrible in this one too. Yeah, she's just not good. They used her for two movies. See, I loved her live. in this movie. I absolutely loved her. Well, she did assert movie. herself. She was a bit more aggressive in in five, I think. Um, she looks different. They pretty her up in this movie too. Like, they like her lightened char- her hair. Yeah, her character's kind of like changed. You know, like she's more she's stronger. In this I liked movie her father's character and weren't her honestly. Yeah, I've got the guy, the guy who played that. But like you know, he's kind of you um, sure you want a drunk at your graduation? Yeah, that whole he's thing. Such a you know? crybaby bitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you know, even but even in the end with the baby, he's all super excited. It was just kind of nice and mm-hmm. wholesome to see that. You know, see that within the confines of what we're you know what these films are about. It was kind of cool to see that. But yeah, five really. I didn't like five. That I I was not into this film. I'm kind of. I think it sounds like we're the same with that. Oh, show. It wasn't I remember thing. another thing from five. Uh, they totally stole the Escher uh, scene from Labyrinth, where they're all the steps are going all the different ways yes. and Jacob oh, yeah, running yeah, one yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's completely stolen from Labyrinth. In fact, I found a screenshot where they were like right next to each other. They literally stole framing from it. Like wow, the scene where like uh, I mean it's cool looking because it's just a cool setup. Yeah, but. I was like, hey, nothing's original by that movie, like, whatsoever. No, I, yeah. I, I, the idea, I mean, there was there was elements there, but it just, I put this really low on my list as far as, like, you know, at least me. I was, it wasn't my favorite. Well, they were just, at this point, running out of creative steam, you yeah. know? And th- this is what happens when a studio tries to, like, poop out a sequel once a year. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> that is not enough time. And, th- I mean, that's kind of my... This exactly is my concern with how rapidly Disney's trying to crank out Star Wars yes, movies. Exactly. Like franchise fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, the Dream Child was pretty bad, but not as bad. His <laughs> Freddy's Dead. Fuck this movie. I like uh, Freddy's Dead. <laughs> I like it Why? now. When I rewatched it, I was like, dude, this is way more fun and awesome than I remember. Like, it's like just, it completely just stops taking anything seriously. Well, actually, okay. Somebody somebody said the third act, Twin Peaks before Yeah, before they the actually, show? they mentioned Twin Peaks in the movie. Somebody did, yeah. They're like, yeah, I just feel like I'm in an episode of Twin Peaks. But it does. Something. It feels yeah. like an episode of Twin Peaks. And actually, the last third of the movie starts getting serious. Um, there's actually that one scene where the girl Freddie takes the form of her dad that was obviously sexually abusing her. The guy that's like, "Give me some honey," that guy. Yeah. And I was like, "Dang, that's like some dark shit going on," you know. And then they go into like <laughs> Freddie when he was a, a human and he had a family. Yeah. And um, like uh, his, you know, it ends up being his daughter, his daughter. in the movie. Yeah. And she found, and his wife found his like underground thing where he was like killing all his, kept all his like killing stuff down there. Yeah. Like the last act of the movie is so much more serious toned up and, you know, up until it starts, she puts the 3D glasses on and shits off the wall again. <laughs> Here's the problem I have with Freddy's dead. You know, we understand that there are supernatural elements to Freddy, obviously. 
but the fact that he has these like three little demon creatures sperms sperms that you know (laughs) helped create him and make him evil i don't need that It, it it brought this extra level into the mythology that just didn't need to be there let our villains and our antagonists just be bad people that have done bad and vile things we don't need this like stupid ass story about oh he went and met with these three demons and they helped him become evil and blah 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 let him be a child molesting murderer that comes to the children in their sleep well yeah let let him own it yeah don't try to don't try to blame it on somebody else yeah like that nothing's going to be creepier than the origin story he has in the first one. Yeah, he's a serial killer who's getting revenge on the... Well, but by that point, like, he's out of the children of the people who killed him to get revenge on. So they had to make up some rationale oh, to extend the series what does he say like, there's like there's an elm street everywhere or some shit like yeah, that. yeah like that every yeah. town has an elm street that's what he says and I think. that's sort of the desperation of trying to continue the series yeah. beyond its logical end point and this and by this point too freddie's dried out like a prune also i'm gonna point that out again he's there's he's his, his make I, I i i pointed that out earlier and i'll point it out again because the reason i'm pointing it out is he looked i'm sorry to say this and i know there's reasons for it and they're very good reasons but by this time, by this point, I mean, I think the makeup was as desperate as the film was, too. It didn't look like, it, it just looked like it literally, like you said, it was a prosthetic they threw on him real quick. Yeah. You know, like, well, it, he he's just so prominent in the last ones that he's just out in the open. They have, they don't try to hide him anymore. They, he's yeah. like literally just out in natural lighting, chilling. Yeah. You know, like, There's this like is the no one darkness. where he plays video games. I think this is, this that, is the one with the yeah. power yeah. glove, which is hilarious. I don't care yeah, what anybody Spencer's says. De- yeah. Spencer's death scene. Yeah. Uh, when they start playing, yeah, they open up with Inagata Vita on the TV set because the kid was smoking weed. So he's all tripping out. And then he gets sucked into the TV and he becomes yeah. part of the video game, which is hilarious. I always thought that <laughs> I got was high school. Yeah. No, I'm playing with power. Yeah. Kids now probably don't even know what that phrase means anymore. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But yeah, um, <laughs> There's some great uh, cameos in this film. Alice oh, Cooper, Alice Cooper, yep. Roseanne, Roseanne Barr, and Tom Arnold at the time. That's, that's when they were mm-hmm. married. Roseanne right? Arnold and Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that blew me away. I forgot about that. I'm like, holy shit! Oh, wow. And that that was right in the, you know, the middle of her big run with the, with the TV show too. Yeah. So it feels uh, very 90s too. That oh movie God. was made in like what 91. It's very 90s feeling, like uh, their clothes and the music. 91. Yeah, yeah. 91. So, um, but this this movie, um, I actually put it as number million on my list of, of <laughs> films. I mean, as far as like my, so it's probably my least favorite one of you the know, franchise. You know, if they were going to do this, if they were going to do Freddy's Dead, they should have just waited a little while, come up with a better story, don't churn it out so fast, just, and actually give people a good ending to the character. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're finally saying Freddy's Dead. He dies in every movie. He dies in every movie. Yeah. And in this one, like... Freddy's dead. Yeah. For real. And then the music came. I'm like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, she and just even, literally just is like, Freddy's dead. And it was like the end. And that's the credits. And I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've watched it a handful of times over my life. And and even watching it again this week or yesterday. It was last night I watched this one. And I'm like, that really? That's the best we could do here. Yeah. Well, because they were out of... Yeah. I mean, I really think... There's something to be said for just, like, three is where it should have ended. Yes. Freddy is pretty fucking dead at the end of three. 
and it's a good movie. <laughs> right. You probably probably should just like leave it there. I mean, they obviously had no good idea for how to bring him back yeah. in the beginning of four. I mean, that's why, like, I don't know, that's if I'm rewatching these one and three. Yeah. And that's it. Well, and then And then, 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 then Wes Craven in nineteen ninety four. Russ Craven fixes everything. He yes. did. With a genius fucking movie. That movie's... The, when I rewatched it, it's fucking genius. Clever as hell. It Clever is. Clever as all hell. Like, having them... Pl- like, just... Okay, first off, let me just... First off. So, like, the beginning of the movie, the first two-thirds of the movie has a as its own score. And you and other than, like, a little riff on it, you don't hear the Nightmare on Elm Street theme until she actually starts becoming back in the movie yeah and then it starts playing the old nightmare on elm street yep. score and like the way that it's so meta i this is i to me this is like scream proto scream yeah. i think he was playing around with the idea of meta horror oh, absolutely and like um absolutely it, the, and this movie this the great thing about this movie is it wouldn't exist without one being good and the sequels mostly being bad because the movie acknowledges that freddie like became a joke. Yeah. Like they have a part where he's on a talk show and he's like, "Oh, Freddy Krueger, boo, ba You know, like they, they acknowledge the fact yeah, that he's put her there, slap my hand. Yeah. Ah. You know, yeah, it's just comedy. And there's this absolutely fabulous scene where, uh, you know, the actress that uh, Heather uh, goes to Wes Craven's house and asks him, "Hey, like, what's going on?" And he's explaining the script to her and like what Freddy actually is, which is like fucking genius idea. Yeah. And then they follow Wes into his uh, his study where he's typing the script and it pans in on a script and the script is everything they literally just been talking about. And at yep. the end of the script, it says fade to black and then the scene fades to black. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking absolute genius. Yeah. Like, that's... And then, like, makes Freddy scary again, and, and the idea that Freddy is this entity that enters our world by being in movies. And he even says, like, you know, so every once in a while you have to reboot him, basically. You have to make another movie to trap him again, to trap him yeah. within the confines of the movie. And he's like, you know, and maybe the movie isn't that good, so it doesn't last as long. I was like, nah, it's like, throws shade at all, like, the, yeah. the sequels. And, yeah. And, and, and Freddy's scary again. He's That's like an actual say. demon. He's pissed off. Yeah. Like it's just you're in hell. Fantastic. You are in hell. They're in hell with him. It's that whole scene. I mean, that the the prop work that they did. Mm-hmm. The special effects were fantastic. Yeah. The one with his face stretching when he was like, yeah, I was eating know, him way before the you know Deborah Logan thing, man. Yeah. I mean, the, he was he was trying to. I'm going to eat you. It's like holy fuck, man. This, and the kid. Well, I forget the kid who played the. You know, the, there's an example of a, a great kid actor like screaming his head off and like a total maniac mm-hmm. and scaring the shit out of me too like his screaming was very disturbing you know i mean a lot of those scream kids they they drive me nuts but the, even like in the opening like when the opening scenes where he's just screaming at the tv set for no reason it's like what the hell is this? and that was disturbing yeah. um there's so much about this movie that's really great. I mean, it is. It's a genius film. It and, is. And, and it really played on the entire franchise, a nice way to look back and go and and make a story into it. That's so fucking oh, smart. I honestly can't so remember smart. another movie prior to that one that was a meta horror movie that actually acknowledged the tropes of horror uh. in such a way and like and acknowledge other movies that came before it like in a franchise or anything that was like self-aware yeah not within a franchise i think of i think night of the creeps is oh, kind of the yeah. only meta horror movie yeah. before that but the way that new nightmare does it i don't think any other movie has even since then yeah the way that it's like 
real personal and like it is very much an allegory oh. for like Wes Craven and Robert Englund. It's like this yeah. they created this monster and it's haunting them and it won't fucking go away. Yeah. And it's like that artist's frustration of like, yes, I made this movie like fifteen years ago. Just stop. I yeah. want to be known for other things. Like what about all these other things? But he that can't I did? escape. Yeah, like, but he, he can't escape Freddy. Like Wes is so reluctantly telling, you know, Heather about making another movie like he's compelled to do it like he doesn't want yeah. to but it's, it's it's a compulsion that is like forced upon him and There's Heather a... go ahead I'm sorry I'm oh sure. no I was just gonna say another movie I saw uh, um, uh, Human Centipede 2 is also meta in same that way. idea yep. same idea where like the people are playing the characters are playing themselves and yeah. there's like somebody obsessed with the movie that obsessed with the first Human Centipede so yeah. he may, tries to make another one in real mm. life so it's Quentin, what does Quentin Tarantino say about me? Like that whole, yeah. Yeah. That was the one girl from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather uh, actually acted, I, I'm sorry, she was stiff as a board in one and just as stiff in three. Uh, but in New Nightmare, Heather really came into her own. She, You could really see the emotion, I thought. Uh She's playing herself. Well, yeah. There's kind a, of. So maybe there's that a makes scene it easier. She, where she was like, fuck you, and just just decked him you know and i was like whoa that that looked good <laughs> i mean i did and i just watched this again right before i came here tonight so it's fresh um and there's just so much to like about this flick you know and it, it did save i mean i guess you can take this movie and, and it does i mean along with the storyline the narrative of this franchise now this was a good way to kind of put all that stuff in perspective and make mm-hmm. it all make sense. Yeah. So now you can go back and watch those movies and go, well, it was, you know, we're, he's a real, he's real. Fuck. He is the boogeyman. And there's a whole reason why these bad movies were made. <laughs> you know, at least the ones that weren't as yeah. good as the other ones. Right. Um, brilliant move on Wes Craven's part. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Totally awesome. Flick. That's where I stopped. I know now we, do we want to talk about uh, Freddy versus Jason? We got a few minutes still. So yeah. I, w- I ended up, I watched, that was the last one I watched was Freddy versus Jason. Um, I didn't see the remake. I'm not going to see the remake. I give a fuck about the remake. The remake's terrible. I don't want to talk about it. I fucking hate it. Yeah. It's, it's awful. So let's just forget about that. We'll talk about Freddy, Freddy versus Jason, though. Well, Freddy versus Jason, fun. I remember liking it okay when it came out, and then I rewatched it, and I liked it a lot less. Um, I feel like, for one, the entire premise of it is just stupid. I mean, I get why it's appealing, because it's like, you know, oh, man, Jason Freddy, going to fight. Yeah, you know, it's like some 14-year-old kid was, like, super boner hard about it. <laughs> and then, like, but the actual movie itself is just not implemented well, and it's really boring, because they try to, like, we all know we came here to fucking see Je- Jason and Freddy fight. We all don't care about all this other shit, and they have, like, the worst group of teens ever compiled in the beginning and it's boring and you don't care about any of them you just want to see freddie and jason fight and, boobs. and it takes forever boobs. to get to it and, and boobs well boobs too yeah i have boobs so i see them all the time but <laughs> they're not that appealing to me but uh like the whole first they are like, when you, they are when you're a 14 year old kid who's yeah. boner hard yeah yeah like they threw boat they threw boobs in the first like one millisecond the movie started too here's the reason this movie was made okay this movie was made to get drunk as hell too and have a great time. And I think I've talked about this before on the show. We saw that movie in the theater. We each had a flask in our jacket. We got fucking loaded and we and the entire the- it wasn't us, we weren't being rude. The entire theater everybody in there came there to party. They came there to have a good time. We knew we were not walking in 
to a good movie. Yeah. We knew it was going to be bullshit before we even sat down in the seat. Yeah. We knew it was going to be stupid, but we were there to see Freddie and Jason fight and boops. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I'm super no, I'm... into So Bad It's Good movies, so yeah. I get the idea of that, but I feel like this movie isn't, like, so bad it's good. It's just, like, it mediocre. It was, it was bullshit. Like, but... the part where they're fighting's cool. Yeah. Like, all those parts are cool, but just everything around it is really that lame. It was flimsy as hell. Yeah. Flimsy yeah. As and there's just a lot of, like, really bad early 2000s CGI. Oh, it was terrible. Like, yeah. doesn't it really have too much, um, you know, practical effects. And, uh, and in the beginning of the film, this makes doesn't make sense to me. I know why am I picking apart Freddy versus Jason for continuity er- errors, but <laughs> so in the beginning of the film, you know, Freddy pretends to be Jason's mom, and yeah. he's like, the best thing about you is that you don't ever die. And then later he's fighting Jason, and he's like, why won't you die? And I'm like, motherfucker, didn't you just say in the beginning like, you, yeah, that's his power? Like, why are you surprised oh by God. this? Like, yeah. I don't. Just everything about it just isn't. It was not it's made underwhelming. To be, it was not made to be a film. Again, it was a made to be a movie that you could slap in at a party, yeah, and yeah. get loaded and just laugh your ass off at the, the just the absolute atrocity that the film really is. It needed it's more not a good movie. Freddy versus Jason in it, like yeah, it doesn't have enough. Yeah, because there's like maybe twenty minutes at yeah. the end, like it's build up, build up, build up, build up, fight. Yeah, it needed more like. It would have been, and it's also like just bland looking. It's got that desaturated, it's very thing that's, flat. That's very also early two thousand. Very early two thousand. Yeah. yeah, that kind of like uh, smooth. It's too smooth digitally looking. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's just like they could have did more with like Freddy, Dreamworld stuff, and like Jason. Like that's like those are two really interesting ideas that they just do nothing with. And it's they, been a while. Since I, since I mean, yeah. I haven't seen the movie in a really long time. But wasn't there a part where he was pulling him in, like Jason into? I could totally be wrong. I thought there was a part where he was pulling him into like the the nether regions or something, and they were they were kind of going in and out. And I could be totally off on this. If I am, uh, shoot me in the head. I don't remember that part. There was something like there was something this, where they were where, going back and forth, it where was, he takes Jason into like he, alternate reality. Basically. Well, yeah, he goes into Jason's dreams, like he. Uh, and then apparently Jason's afraid of water. Is that a, been a thing in the well, series? Well, of course he's afraid of water. He drowned. He drowned. Well, yeah. I know that, That's but they did, they don't ever bring that up in any other Jason movie, do they? Well, they they never really give Jason much characterization, and I feel like that's sort of one of the inherent problems with having him fight another villain that's like a character. It's so yeah. it's so flamboyant. Like the idea that like Jason <laughs> goes to sleep and has dreams is just real alien. After like, a hard Jason day of just killing. like a fucking yeah. beast. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Jason just, like, getting home and being like, man, I'm I'm beat. <laughs> I need Hanging to get up his sword. some rest. Oh, like, damn. Had a nightmare. Takes his, <sighs> takes his mask off, sets it on his little corner table next to a glass of water. Yeah. That's, a little yes. glass of Chardonnay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, tea, like, get it right. At, at its core, this whole premise is just not nearly as easy to execute but there was, it was like alien versus predator like yeah. that's totally plausible well that but, yeah, makes like, sense you know it's yeah. like two alien things doing a thing you're like oh well fuck yeah that totally would fight but yeah but like again, okay the, jason has to go to sleep this, and his this movie was yeah. not made to be good to be a cinematic cinematic triumph it was never going to be planned that they way they could have made it cooler they, i'm it sure they it could have. have to be shitty but 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 again, the, 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 you already talked about the target audience for the film. Yeah, right? I'm the target audience for the film. But yeah. the thing is, this is one of those 
sort of just like lazy franchise. Yeah, it's like lazy. it's Freddy versus Jason. They knew All no matter what bullshit that. it was gonna be, people were gonna go yeah, see that's, it. That's my yeah. whole point. They didn't they, have to make it good. They just but put the they name Freddy versus Jason good. on it. That's all, and we but all they came. They could have, but I mean, there, <laughs> there's, the there's a studio. It is there. the point. Yeah. This is why we, why we accept mediocrity. That could have been the fight of the fuck century, man. I agree. Yeah. And, and I would love like, to see the fight of the century. And it was a wet fart in the history <laughs> of horror. Yeah. Well, and that and that is why, like in my head when I'm thinking about these, I don't even really put it at the end of the Elm Street chronology. Oh god. No. Like, to I just me, watched that, that it series it ended with yeah. it ends with New Nightmare. Yeah. Like that's you couldn't have a more perfect end to a series than yeah. that. Like it is just a perfect summation of all that came before, brings mm-hmm. a full circle with Wes Craven. Yeah. Frey like Jason was hilarious. It was it yeah. was it was a freaking comedy. There is it was one hysterical. There is one line I like where that one kid's like, That goalie was pissed off about something. That's the only line I think is funny <laughs> in that whole movie. Yeah. That, that, that is that's stupid a good chick line. from Destiny's Child is in this movie oh, too. Oh yeah, I hate her. She's terrible. I was hope I, she needed to die like way more way before she died. She in that needed movie. to die before the movie started. Oh dang! Damn! Oh shit! Dude, she, she's just a terrible actress. <laughs> shit just got real. It would have made the movie real. better though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, like what is it? Like the first like three seconds, there's boobs. Yeah, literally. And I remember again. I, this is one of those yeah. movies I remember so vividly being in the theater because we went there knowing we were gonna see shit. We're like, we're going to see the dumbest movie this year. <laughs> we're going to get fucked up. It's going to be hilarious, dude. And we went in there and the entire, it's one of my greatest memories because we went of seeing the movies because everybody in there had a flask. We were all getting shit faced. I went and to like a boring showing. Nobody did anything cool. Dude, it was nuts. It, was everybody like was jump, we were jumping up and down and screaming and yelling and shit. It was completely off the hook. It was nuts. Well, like in the, th- in the end when they're fighting, it's like a wrestling match. You know, like everybody's yeah. got their person they pick, like who's and we team, were up. J- team yeah. Jason, team Fred. You know, everybody so. was up jumping around, dude. And we got done. We we're all like, Ugh, and we just <laughs> come rolling out of the theater all hammered because we were <laughs> drinking the whole time. It was great, dude. Freddie like, would win every time, though. Freddie's smarter than Jason. He is. He is. Yeah, yeah. Jason's just got brute strength on him. That's yeah. pretty much it. He gets a, well, he's like, yeah, he gets a hold. He's like an MMA fighter. He gets a hold of you. Yeah. Get you, gets you on the ground. It's all over with, dude. But, you know, they can't do the toe-to-toe thing on the, uh, you know, with, with the fists. I will Freddy's say the, the kill in the beginning where he folds that dude backwards in the fucking bed. Oh, it's fucked. That's awesome looking. <laughs> they yeah. had a weigh-in in Vegas, too. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Liam. Nice. 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 Very nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that fold scene. Yeah, after he just got done, you know, more boobs. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty hard to watch. That was Rocky tough. Road. Rocky. <laughs> Don's cracking me up tonight. Oh, it's time. Jason is like Chunk from Goonies. Hey, Goonies. He is. Goonies. Yeah, you're wearing a, yeah, that's where they got. Yeah, he's wearing the Goonies shirt. You're wearing the yeah, Goonies shirt yeah. tonight. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, we're pretty far into this thing. Yeah, I mean. All in all, you know. Like I said earlier, this was a challenge to like really pound through all this stuff. But I'm glad I did it. It was fun, and I'll end up doing it again because you know it, these are really great films. Yeah, I, they're like you said, they're fun, and yeah. like they're they have a lot of like they're very colorful, yeah. Like, yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah. Um, Maybe we could have like a poll, and people could pick from on the site which franchise we go through next. Well, I'm actually going to ask right now. You know, we kind of breeze through all these movies. In an hour and a half, what other franchises would you like to see us talk about on the podcast? And what other movies would you like us to talk about? So 
comment on the stream. We'll put it on the Facebook page too. We want some ideas. Yeah, because right. these are a lot of fun, and, and we really get into this stuff too. Yeah. Um, this takes work to do these shows. We should do like uh, it's fun child's play. See, that was another one that drove me nuts. I haven't I'll, even you seen all those. I've but I'd like to I've sit down. I've seen, seen like four or five. I've not Chucky seen was, most Chucky of was one of those ones. I wasn't in the Chucky growing up. Yeah, I, I was I was never too fond of those. Either. But I'd like to challenge yeah. and maybe sit down and actually watch these movies yeah. and really oh. try to understand them. We should do Phantasm. Oh, oh. dude, that's the that shit. That would be fun. Yeah. Did we ever do an entire Phantasm one movies. on the Friday the 13th series or no? Did we do that whole series? we did. We did Texas Chainsaw, though. We Texas Chainsaw we did, yeah. I'm going to point out that this is the week with a Friday the 13th in it, so we probably fucked up. Damn it. Oh, dude. There's going to be another one in a couple years. I don't know when. We'll wait. Maybe the, next year. What, or, for, we'll wait for episode number 3,000 or whatever it's going to be. 313. Know, 300. However, yeah. I'm going to say watching all like 11, 12 Jason movies would have been way, way more of a drag than doing this. I only have, I Those only own the first much eight or nine. That, that's going to get I, that I have tedious. all of them. I've not watched all. Those get a lot more samey than these. Like yeah, the oh, surrealism yeah. in these, the outlandish special effects, that at least keeps these fun. It keeps I, you interested. I don't think I could watch a dozen Jason movies. Well, and Freddy <laughs> makes them at least worthwhile. Yeah. Because you're waiting for him to say or do something yeah, cool. That's what yeah. made that's what I did really enjoy. As much as I was I, I, I I'm turned off by what Freddy became. It's still fun. Like like I said, like, oh, look yeah. at me. I got my high score. <laughs> and also, that that, great, dude. The, the good movies are scattered all throughout the franchise. Yeah. Like, 1, 3, and New Nightmare are the really good ones. Fantastic. It's not like, okay, 1 and 2 are good, and 3's okay, and then there's, like, 8 movies of shit. Like, like Hellraiser. Like Hellraiser, yeah. Oh, you guys are fucked for saying that. <laughs> We'll have a whole fight over that one show. We'll have the Battle Royale over Hellraiser. You, 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 know, you know I'm a big Hellraiser I think that'd be a pretty good thing. Movie. I know. Well, I know. That, it's, I know. it's all over. I know. Yeah, Bloodline. Yeah, and we discussed Bloodline. Bloodline's yeah. great. That's an awesome flick. All right. Okay. We beat our, we beat the hell out of ourselves here. We've earned our time off. Yes. Because I know yeah. we all watch these films. We yeah. We spend a lot of time on this. I've seen these it movies dozens of times. So yeah. This was great. This was really great. I'm glad I did it. It was cool. I had the box set at home, so I was like, wow, let's break this thing out and make it happen. So Yeah. Um, this was fun. Look out for endless promotion for our next one of these because <laughs> it actually really seemed to help this week. We got a lot more people watching, so pretty awesome. cool. Um, oh, who's all, oh, hi, everybody. Yeah, hi, everybody. I think we need to start doing call-ins soon, too. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I don't yep. want that. That would be hilarious. What? We got this camera. Isn't that enough? Yeah. Like, yeah. Dude, like, dude. Uh, Collins would just be hilarious, though. No. Well, I have well, to really. wear pants now at the podcast because we're on camera. It's but you. Oh, I just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. You have to is a that's strong what one, word. That's yeah. what one of those looks like. Wow. <laughs> All right, everybody. with boner hard. This hard, was. Hard boner. Episode 80, the red and green episode of Real Crime. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.